have a blessing they wanted to bless us with. Jill, explain it quickly what the Lord showed you. Speak that blessing, then we'll go on from here. This is part of worship. <laughs> the Lord's been preparing this for five weeks. When I went and put the oil, started painting the anointing oil on the painting, the first word I heard was expedient. And he told me that our answers to prayer, healings, businesses, things were going to accelerate, and his hand was going to be on it. He confirms every word. The first day into the new year, Lori Hankins, brother-in-law, fell off a roof, broke his pelvis, and broke, I think, an ankle, a wrist or something, broken bones. They airlifted him to stabilize him. When they got him to Little Rock, they x-rayed him. There were no broken bones. The answers to prayer were Expedient. The second thing that the Lord wanted me to share was the tree of life. I was telling Monica, I said, the Lord had me put the tree of life on the base of the sword. And she said, how did you put that on? I said, with a pastel. And that wouldn't leave me. And I got alone with the Lord that night. And I said, Lord, what is it about the tree of life? And he gave me one word. He said, engrave. I quickly scratched the tree of life off, filled it in with silver, got my humble little tool, my toothpick, and engraved the tree of life into the sword, how God wanted it. Then he confirmed it, because I went to Monica the next day, and I said, what word did God give you you didn't want to tell me? And she said, I was thinking, I don't know how it could be done. It was engraved. In Isaiah 49, 16, the Lord says in the One, man, one New Man Bible, I am, have engraved you, not our names, he's engraved you into the palms of his hands. Then I really wanted to make sure that I was hearing everything right from God, because I knew today was going to be amazing, because he was releasing this anointing to us today for this body and those who are watching. And I said, Lord, the last thing... I'm getting, I have to look, I'm getting so flustered, was Aaron's blessing, the name of the painting. And I said, I really feel like Judith 
is supposed to be praying this blessing. And knowing who I am, <laughs> I'm just going to run and get her Sunday and ask her to pray a blessing over it before church started. But God, again, says he'll have it his way. And the very next day, I was sitting in Moravian Grill. I never see Judith except at church. She comes walking in. The light bulb still didn't go on. I'm like, hi, Judith. And we're talking, and she said, I was so disappointed that you weren't there Sunday, and I ached to see the painting. I had to be alone with God that day to finish it. But the light bulb came on, and we went next door to Joy's shop and went in the back room. And as she is reading from right to left and saying the blessing over the painting, the Holy Spirit filled that room, the heavenly atmosphere, overwhelmed me, and God said, it is all me, and I am releasing it to all of you. It's a new year, a new season. So Judith, you pray the blessing over it in our body. The Lord is speaking afresh and anew the ironic blessing from heaven. And this is the way it is in Hebrew. I have to, um, you have to hold this for me because I have to use my hands. The reason I have to use my hands is because <clears throat> the priest must invoke the symbol, the shin, which is the symbol of God's name when he releases the blessing over the people. Ivarechacha Adonai Vishmarecha Isa Adonai Panavelecha Ves Vehunecha Isa Adonai Panavelecha Vesimlacha Shalom Amen. If I could, Yahweh bless you and keep you. Yahweh make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Yahweh lift up his countenance upon you and give you shalom. Praise the Lord. We receive it. And uh, we're just so excited to be here. I, you know, when you're in ministry for a long time, you wonder. I remember it was in a Methodist church when I was in seminary. I was the youth pastor. They, I guess they looked for local guys. And Anyway, there's a guy that told me. He said, son, you won't always have that fire. I was what? What was I, 22, 23? You won't, I, I resembled that. I rebuked that. I thought, no way. I ain't going there. You may have lost your fire. I'm not going to lose mine. And I'm not. And here I am, 30-something years after that. I've still got it. In fact, it's more. But I'm not satisfied. I want more of the fire of God. I got to tell you this, too. I, uh, was it, the, yes, New Year's Day night. I walked outside, and I was, um, I heard, there's a church off in the distance that plays these bells on the top of the hour. I don't know what church it is, but uh, usually I can't hear it. <clears throat> Maybe all the leaves are gone. I don't know. But anyway, just I walked out. It was 10 o'clock, New Year's Day night. And I was taking care of Riley, our, our dog, see. And anyway, I hear this, the bells. And it was onward Christian soldiers marching as to war. And I thought, you know, that, that's amazing. And I knew it was a prophetic sign. And uh, it was a word. It was the word of the Lord for the hour. Let, let me just read some of those verses. I think some have dropped that song because it's too violent. Do you know God's a man of war? He's a man of war. He's also a gentle lamb, and he's good, but he's a man of war. Anyway, I, was, I went back. I looked up the words. We used to sing this in vacation Bible school. How many of you guys did that? Onward Christian soldiers marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. Christ the royal master leads against the foe. Forward into battle, see his banners go. At the sign of triumph, Satan's host doth flee. On then, Christian soldiers, on to victory. Hell's foundations quiver at the shout of praise. Brothers, lift your voices, loud your anthem raise. Like a mighty army moves the church of God, brothers. We are treading where the saints have trod. And then that last verse. Crowns and thrones may perish. Kingdoms rise and 
fall, but the church of Jesus constant will remain. Gates of hell can never against that church prevail. We have Christ on promise that cannot fail. Onward then, onward and onward. And I was thinking about that. that this is a prophetic thing here in this psalm. And then I'm going to be honest with you. And maybe you're like this. I, I thought, God, I'm tired of fighting sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I'm a warrior too. But sometimes I like to just let somebody else fight. Let Rocky fight. Let Elaine fight. Lord, I want to just take a, anybody else feel that way sometimes. Am I the only one? And then I thought, and then the Lord just began to remind me. He said, wait a minute. I know, are you, yes, I've called you to fight the good fight. But when the, you remember this, it's what the Lord spoke. When the battle is mine, the victory is always yours. And so I just said, okay, God, then I can go into the battle. Because if it's your fight, if you're the one, then I've got the victory. I'm just going to enjoy this year. How many of you are going to enjoy the year? I'm, we got to determine that because there's going to be a few battles to fight. More than one. I uh, think in this verse, this verse came to my mind. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, Jesus said. In other words, if, if you believe in God of the Old Testament, you, if you, the God that you've known all your life, believe in Jesus now. He's not the God who was, he's the God who is. And so believe him now, let not your heart be troubled. He has overcome the world, say that, say he has overcome. And because he overcame, I'm an overcomer. You see how it works, he gets the hard part. We get the rest part. The rest of the story is us walking out by faith. And I do have something I want to share, but look over in Psalm 16 real quick, if you would. Moving into the year 2016, I, I just thought, well, what does Psalm 16 say? And it looked like to me it was a word for the hour. And I want to share that, and then I want to, some other things. And at the end, I want us to do this. We talked about this a few weeks ago. I'm not going to just pour it over you, but everyone that wants to, we're going to make a line. We've got plenty of room. And you just come forward, and some of us are going to be here, and we're going to pray for a fresh anointing, fresh oil for this year. Whatever you do, whatever you're called to do, that there would be fresh anointings. We cannot, it's like trying to drink yesterday's coffee. You know what I mean? It just don't work. It's no good. I mean, it might be all right in a pinch, but we need fresh coffee. We need fresh oil, fresh anointing. So we're gonna pray, and I don't know, I'd say, God, what if it just turns into a free-for-all? What if the Holy Spirit just falls? That could be cool. What else we got better to do in 2016? Just have a great free-for-all, great revival, great breakout. Make Fox and CNN and NBC and CBS come here and see what's going on and then report it. And you better report it right. <laughs> no. Now, we had, that's up to you. It doesn't matter to us. We're going we're gonna to enjoy our God. But anyway, look at Psalm 16. Keep and protect, O God, for in you I found refuge. Say refuge. And in you do I put my trust and I hide myself. I'm reading from the Amplified, so it may be there's a few extra words there. I've heard many people, they said they live in a place of refuge. You guys from North Dakota, South Dakota, wherever, Sweden, do you feel like you live in a place of refuge? You ever heard that, had that word spoken? We have over Moravian Falls, and there are many places all across America. I once asked the Lord about that. Lord, all these people think they live in a place of refuge. He said they do. Everywhere they make me their refuge, they are in a place of refuge. I am their refuge and their strength. So there are three words, keep, protect, and hide me. And you know when God hides you, no one can find you. I had a dream about that. I won't go back there and repeat all that, but there are demons looking for us. You know that, don't you? You're under the covering of the Almighty. When God covers you, the demons are frustrated. They can't locate what you're doing, where you are. They can't hold you down. They can't discover. He hides us. He also keeps us. There are some things that are not going to be revealed until the end of the age, right? Jesus, he's the revelation, the apocalypse, the unveiling, the unfolding. 
Well, there's some things. And, and the first Peter chapter one, let me just read this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible. Say incorruptible. Undefiled. Undefiled. They does not fade away. Do you know you have an inheritance that's incorruptible, undefiled, and will not fade away? Reserved in heaven for you. Now, this is the verse. I've, I, this is one of my favorite verses. Who are kept by the power of God Almighty through faith, ready to be revealed in the last times. Now think of that again. Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In other words, there's some things you're not going to have a full understanding or revelation of until it's all unfolded. And there'll be a day, on that day you'll stand before him and you'll see how God kept you all through your life. The keeping power of God is a great power. You're going to be kept and you're ready to be revealed. Oh man, this is good. But here it says right after that, in this you greatly rejoice, say rejoice. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. So remember that over this year, okay? So what if need be? There's something going to be revealed. I'm kept by the power of God. So what if for a little while I go through some of this stuff, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory. And then it says, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. That's, that is breaking out in the church. Joy inexpressible, full of glory. When they start coming and interviewing us and wondering, what's going on? What's happening? You got, you're gonna, sometimes you're going you're gonna to be embarrassed, but they're going to put that camera on you, and you're going to go, here's what's happening. I, I, I can't express it. So you ready? I'm looking forward for that when I stand up here to preach. and I, 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 It's inexpressible. I don't know. It's full of, But then it says, receiving the end of your faith. The salvation of your souls. So you understand there's some things that are on reserve that will not be revealed, unfolded until the end. One of them is the keeping power of God. You ought to memorize that. You ought to say it every day. God, thank you. I am kept by the power of God Almighty through salvation, ready to be revealed in the last days. Protect, keep. I put my trust in you, in you. It's going to be known. This time next year, those who put their trust in him and those who put their trust in riches or in men or in governments or in the military, you'll know the difference. Verse 2, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good beside or beyond you. And this again is in the Amplified. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. If there's ever been a time to confess him as Lord, it is today. One of my early Sunday school teachers told me the definition of the word Lord. I've never forgotten. How many of you remember things your Sunday school teachers taught you? I remember this. He said, do you know what the definition of Lord is? He said, it's boss. I never forgot it. Now, I know it's probably not in the Hebrew and Greek. Who cares? It was in that guy's vocabulary. You are Lord. You're my boss. As for the godly, the saints, and this is a great verse three, as for the godly, the saints who are in the land, they are the excellent, the noble, and the glorious in whom is all my delight. You are the delight of the Lord. You got to enter this year remembering that. You are his delight. And the, it's the saints on the earth, in the land, that are the glorious ones. The delight of the Lord. He's going to make that known. Now verse four, this is the world. Their sorrows shall be multiplied. Who choose another God? Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer or take their names upon my lips. David says, I'm not going to compromise. They've chosen another God. Let them, they made their bed. They're going to lie in it. But I've chosen to follow the Lord my God. Because verse 5, the Lord is my chosen and assigned portion, my cup. You hold and maintain my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good heritage. Say a good heritage. That's a good inheritance. 
I will bless the Lord. Verse 7, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. Yes, my heart instructs me in the night seasons. If you've not done this, make sure you get a notepad or you get a journal and keep it by your bed. Now, many people do that. But some of you used to do that, but you stopped. Do it again. I'm telling you, you God's going to instruct you and give you counsel in the night seasons. And then write it down because if you're like me, sometimes you forget. How many of you ever forget? You're looking at me like you don't understand. You know what they say. You start thinking about the hereafter. Do you know how you can tell you're getting old? You start thinking about the hereafter. You go in the garage and you'll think, now what am I hereafter? You'll go to the store. What am I hereafter? Okay, never mind. It's... Okay, now what am I hereafter? <laughs> I, I will bless the Lord, giving me counsel. I've set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Say, I shall not be moved. I shall not be moved. We ought to write a song about that. I shall not be moved. I think they did. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory, my inner self rejoices. My body, too, shall rest and confidently dwell in safety. I take that. My body shall rest and confidently dwell in safety. For you will, you will not abandon me to the place of the dead. Neither will you suffer your holy one to see corruption. Then I like verse 11. Here it is. For you shall show me the path of life. And in your presence is fullness of joy. Your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. That's a verse for 2016. He's going to show us these kind of things. Now, for the rest of the story. Now, now I want to share some things with you God put in my heart. Then we want to pray for everyone that wants to. You don't have to. Uh, but, man, I want that fresh anointing. Fresh oil. And see what the Lord does, because we're going to pray and then just trust God. But I want you to know also, it is a privilege to be alive on the earth in this season of time. How many of you know that? It is a privilege. It's also too much is given, much is required. And so that's why the level of faith is increasing. That's why there's, it's like grace means something different, means more. This is like beyond it's going to happen. You say, well, I'm not there yet, but you're going to get there. When we pour oil on you today, you're going to get there. Nobody's to be left behind. Everybody must do their share. We need the whole camp anointed. You may never stand in a pulpit and preach. Your pulpit is your neighborhood, your family. I don't know, but I'm telling you, you can affect heaven and earth from your house, from your prayer closet. You can... Turn back the gates of hell by the power of praying in the power of Jesus' name. This is a time like any other, guys. What do you think that war room movie was for? Just reminding us. This is it. It's war. I was asking the Lord, give me some words. It's a little different. Some words that would just speak about the year. Here's what I got. Number one was uncharted waters. Star Wars. Some of you confessed you saw Star Wars. Well, you know, Star Trek, way before that, when they had that opening theme, they were boldly going, no place where no man has ever gone. Remember that? That's a word for our day. We're boldly to go, uncharted waters. Jason Upton, how many of you heard of him? A powerful worshiper. You guys had him over in Sweden? He's an amazing, he was at the New Year's Eve conference down at Fort Mill, and I was there. I'm going to share one story that he shared. I'm giving the credit. It's Jason's story. It's not mine. But I just felt like it was a word. i got to share this. this i got to walk in this. But he said he was, when he turned 18, he had a mentor. He was a Methodist pastor, spirit-filled, godly man, and he was getting ready to go off to school. And this pastor, they were moving him on to the next charge, as they do in the Methodist churches. And, Anyway, Jason said, give me some advice. What one thing can you tell me that will help me in the next season of my life and succeed and all? Here's what he said. He said, be still and know that I am God. That's first. God. It begins with God. It all begins with God. Let him initiate the things in your life this year. God created. God. And then he said, now part two be still and know that I am 
I am. He's not I was. He is I was. And he is I will be. But he's I am. I am everything you need at every moment in your life. I am. I thought that's pretty good. And then he said, number three, be still and know. Know me. Know me. Those who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. I'm adding some little ad lib here. He just jotted down the points. And then he said the next thing, four, be still. That's pretty good. Be still. I have a hard time being still. You can ask Shirley. It's not fun. I don't like to be still. But be still. Those that wait upon the Lord. Listen, don't get ahead of God. Walk with him. Be still. Rest. How many of you are for that? Rest. How can you rest in the midst of turmoil? We're going to show the world how to do it. And then be. Be all you've been called to be. Because this is an hour unlike any other hour we've ever lived in this nation. And we need us to be. God will be who he is. You be who you are now. Everybody in agreement? Say, I'm going to be who God's called me to be. In the name of Jesus, I will not fail. And even if I do, I'm going to get back up. You know, the scripture says the righteous stumble and fall seven times, but they rise again. Then the next word that I felt that he gave me was uncharted waters. Other than that was opportunities galore. We need laborers. Laborers, but we're also co-laborers with him. And so yield. And then underwater adventure, I got that. Launch out into the deep. Stay immersed in the water of the word this year. Start over. Go back to Genesis 1-1. It doesn't matter where you start, but just get immersed in the word this year. Stay under the water. Go not just ankle deep, knee deep, but get over your head. Go on, jump in. And... Um, because there's a flood coming. You know, Revelation says there's a flood. Satan is not too happy with what's happening with the church, so he's going to release this flood. So if you're already in God's flood, the other flood won't bother you. Because there's a flood of words, a flood of lies, and things like that. Stuff we've been seeing happening. And then unfathomable grace. Unfathomable. I had to ask, Lord, what does unfathomable mean? They didn't teach me that down in Louisiana. I'd look it up, unmeasurable, beyond understanding. I kind of knew what it meant. And then here's a word. This will launch into what I want to share. Handicap ramps. This is going to be a year of where things are going to be ramped up. But if you confess your handicap, God has already made a ramp for you to get on in order to do your will and to be what you've been called to be. There are handicap ramps in heaven somehow. I don't know, understand all this. But listen. We are weak. We can do nothing. We are handicapped. We, have, we can't, but God can. I'm not, but God is. He's my righteousness. I'm going to be handicapped. I'm going to get on the ramp and let him take me. I'm going to walk and trust in him. He'll carry me through. Some of you are just going to carry you through. Going to shock you and surprise you. You know, God doesn't choose many of the noble, the strong. He chooses the weak, the humble, those acknowledge their need, and they just trust in him. Now, I want you to go with me in Zechariah, if you would. Zechariah chapter 4. Let me read this. It won't take too long. Just share some things, and then we want to pray. Just, uh, there's about seven points, but I'll just really quickly move through it. Beginning with verse 4, Zechariah chapter 4, verse 1. I was thinking, man, we need a new word. We need fresh manna. We need... Everything's got to be fresh. We don't want to walk in yesterday's anointing. We don't want yesterday's manna. I mean, it's, you know, my, it might hold you over. Yeah, that's all it'll do is hold you over. We don't want to hold over. We want to break through. We want to go beyond. We want to accomplish the will of God. There's going to be a generation on the earth. Just like Jesus said, it is finished. There's going to be a church at the end of the age that will say, it is finished. We did what he sent us to do. Because he said, even as my father sent me, so send I you. And he wasn't joking. He empowers us to do what he sent us to do. Zechariah 
Let me give you a little uh, context. There was, for a dozen or more years, the temple was half complete. God raised up Zechariah to call the people to finish the task. There's a finishing business right now. Over, I don't know how many years all this is going to take. I'm not predicting the time of his coming. I'm just telling you, we're in that end of the age season. We're in the last days. And there, God's raising up those who will call us to finish the work, to complete the mission. And he does this, Zechariah does this, by giving them a vision of the future. It's real important you have a vision of the future when the foundations are being destroyed around you. That's Jeremiah chapter 29. Foundations being destroyed with all these things. But I know the plans. So that's actually Psalm 11, the foundations being destroyed. Jeremiah 29 is, I know the plans I have for you. You just got to understand the context of Jeremiah 29. They're going into captivity. Captivity did not slow them down. It actually helped accomplish the purpose of God. Did you hear that? Do I need to repeat it? No, don't. I don't want to go there either. But you know what? Their motive, they, they had a motivation. They had a vision of the future, and they had a motivation. And the motivation was the Messiah was coming, and he was going to fill the temple with glory. And we have a motivation too. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And that's our motivation. Finish the work that he's given the church to do. Haggai chapter 1 and verse 2, somewhere in there, or chapter 2, talks about you're dwelling in your own paneled houses while the temple of God is lying in ruins. Remember, he says, you, you look for much, but it became little. It became as nothing. You were looking for so much. It's not about building our own little thing here. It's about building the kingdom. This is way bigger than us. Some congregations won't make it through this year. For various reasons. And we'll pick them up, love them, encourage them. But listen, it's not about just one. It's about the kingdom of God that is on the increase in the earth. If they shut these doors down, I'm still going to be a believer. I'm still going to preach. I'll preach to my dog. I don't care. I'll preach somebody. I'm, Riley will listen to me. It doesn't matter. They can shut me up. If they send me to prison, I'm telling you in advance, I'm going to preach the gospel in prison. Say, so, well, I'm going to put you in solitary confinement. Well, then I'll preach to the angels that are ministering to me. They need a word. They may be wore out. When they see my condition, they'll say, man, this is serious. Be encouraged, angels. I ain't dead yet. Anyway, I better stick. Here's what we need. Verse 1. Now the angel who talked with me came back and wakened me as a man who has wakened out of his sleep. You know what God's looking for in this hour? And awaken people. Here, I had a vision last night in my basement there where I've set up my little office. It's a pretty cool place. I got a little fire deal. It's nothing. It's not the Taj Mahal, but who cares? It's when the Lord comes. But anyway, I, was, I had a vision, and I saw where God has been sending alarm. He's been alarm after alarm. He's been sending wake-up calls to nations, churches, movements, people, families. And many people have reached over and been hitting the snooze button over and over and over. They've been, they stayed. They were determined to stay asleep. And I heard the Lord say, I'm going to, it's, it's almost over. Now, God is patient. God is graceful, all this stuff. But there's going to come a time he's going to shut off the alarm. It's not going to go off anymore. And only those that are awakened will be a part of this great awakening that God's using. And we got to shut off this. Man, we got to wake up. Wake up. It's, there's going to come a time. His spirit will not always strive with man. There's going to come a time in America he's going to say, okay, I've, I've sounded the alarms. I sent those prophets. They proclaim my word. Now that's it. I'm going to use the remnant, and we're going to have a great awakening. It may be in places Unknown, hidden, but no, totally, it wouldn't be totally hidden because if you got something under a barrel, you got to shout it. If it's under the bed, you shout it aloud. We got to be awake. Do you know there came a time when Jesus said, don't even, don't even fool with them. He says, he, his disciples asked him about 
why he spoke to them in parables. He said, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, and in them the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 6 is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the heart of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they've closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. And if you read Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah says, how long will this happen? He says, until their cities are laid waste and the land is desolate. Our God's serious. He is a serious God. Revelation 13, now we won't go there, we don't have time, but he that has ears to hear. You know, there's a time he says, let those destined for captivity to go into captivity, let those destined to die by the sword, die by the sword. Something such as that. But now there comes a time when you're just going to go forward. History's going to go forward. The will of God's going to go forward. If you're not on the ship, you're going to be sunk. So we got to get everybody on the ship as much as we can. It's his will that none should perish. So we got to start throwing life rafts the best we can. Get people on board in Jesus. Get them saved. So let me move on. I'm going to do this quick. Look in verse 2. And he said to me, in other words, those that hear his voice above all others. There are a lot of voices right now. We got to hear God above them all. And we are his sheep, and his sheep do what? They hear his voice. The key is get quiet. And then the next thing is make, you got to know how to answer when you hear. Remember what Habakkuk said. I will set myself as a rampart to watch and see what he will say to me and what I will answer. Remember that? It's not just about hearing him. We're going to be held accountable for what we've heard. It's what we did with what we heard. It's the doing, not the, the hearers, but the doers. And, um, and then the next thing is they have vision. Verse 3, or he said, or verse 2, what do you see? So I said, I'm looking. we got to have vision, the vision of the Lord. And then verse 4, skip down a little bit. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts, grace, grace to it. In other words, they believe that his grace is sufficient. The ones that God's going to use are those that are not just going to let mountains remain. Some of them, they're going to, they're going to go around them. They're going to go over them. They're going to go through them. They're going to wait for God to come and, and just dissolve them. You know, the mountains melt like wax at the presence of God. But whatever Mountains are not going to stop the people of God in this hour because his grace is sufficient. I don't care what you face in 2016. I declare unto you the grace of God is sufficient. It is more than enough, more than enough to see you to the next year and on and on and on. And then verse 9, look at that in verse 9. The hands of Zerubbabel, he laid the foundation. The, his hand shall also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. In other words, they're on a mission. The people that God's going to use in this hour, they're the sent ones. Do you know the word apostolic? You know what it means? To be sent. And that there is an apostolic move coming. We don't, I know some people don't want to use that term. It just means to be sent. God's going to raise up a new generation of believers who know what it means to be sent. They, they're on a mission. They wake up in the morning, and it's, they've got a mission, a purpose, and they're out doing the will of God. It may be your mission in your job, whatever, but there's a mission. There's a sense of destiny and purpose about every, every life. That's what we're going to pray for you today. We're going to pray that God will stir up your mission, give you clear vision, and impart that faith in you that every day when you wake up tomorrow, you're going to think, I'm on a mission. I'm a sent one. Does that make sense? And then they're not satisfied with the status quo. He says, who has not despised the day of small things. And I know it does mean you're not, you know, the small things. You're not, you don't despise it, the small beginnings. But it also means you're not satisfied where you are. And you're persevering. 
You're moving on. The Amplified says, for who, with reason, despises the day of small things? Do you remember I wrote about this, but there was a prophecy in Micah about Bethlehem. Remember that? You may have not read it, so I'll read it to you. I'll share it with you. Bethlehem Ephrathah. Oh, here's what it says, Micah 5.2. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel. And then it says, therefore he shall give them up until the time that she who is in labor has given birth. That prophecy was spoken over Bethlehem. It took 700 years for that prophecy to come to pass. 400 years of which there was a famine of the hearing of the word. Do you know what it looked like in regard to that prophecy? It's never going to happen. But the key is in that, that word after Bethlehem, Bethlehem Ephrathah. You look it up, you know what it means? Anybody know? It means to be fruitful. So anyway, Micah prophesies over Bethlehem, you shall be fruitful, Bethlehem. Oh, you little among the nations and all this. 700 years passed by. And then it bore fruit. It became fruitful. Like, no, I mean, no city has ever in the history of the world. Bethlehem bore the Son of God. Do you understand? Sometimes it takes a while for these prophecies to come to pass. I bet a lot of people gave up during those 700 years. Do you know how long 700? That's a long time. That's a long time. And then the, here's the last point of this. It goes on, I'm, I'm not going to skip some of it, but he, verse 14, it says, And he said, These are the two anointed ones who stand beside the Lord of the whole earth. The word anointed one means sons of fresh oil. Sons of fresh oil. Is this, is this making sense? Is this speaking to your spirit? I know sometimes you, you daydream in church. I used to do that. You can't when you're preaching. You can't. It doesn't work. No, but sometimes you do. You lose. I don't know what's been happening lately. I don't know what's happening. If you're daydreaming or sleeping, it's really a different. But it's, we've been living, we've been waiting for this moment. All our lives, the anointing. Everybody, this is for everybody. Sons of fresh oil. Listen to Psalm 92. Oh, you, oh, Lord, how great are your works. Your thoughts are very deep. A senseless man does not know, nor does a fool understand, when the wicked spring up like grass, and when all the workers of iniquity flourish. You know what the rest of that says? Is that, is that happening today? Are the wicked springing up like grass? And all the workers of iniquity, it seems to, that they are flourishing. It says in verse 7, It is that they may be destroyed forever. Why is God separating sheep from goat, wheat from tares? He's raising up those. It'll be known who their God is. But you, Lord, are on high forevermore. For behold your enemies, O Lord. Behold your enemies shall perish, and all the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. Now, in this context, David says, But my horn you've exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. At the same time, the enemies of God are rising up, flourishing on the earth. The anointed ones are going to flourish far above and beyond. Because we've been made for this. They have been made for it. You've been made for these days. I'm telling you. What do you, you could have been born 100 years ago. 200 years ago. Could have been born in the days of Columbus, could have been on that. You were born today, in this day, in this season, this generation. So Lord, we thank you. God, we wanna be sons of fresh oil. Lord, we want that fresh oil, we want that fresh anointing, vision. Lord, I pray that when we pray for people, there would be vision imparted, faith imparted, to do what you've called them to do, to be, the man, the woman of God that you wrote in a book about their life. Just like Josiah, when he read what was written about him, he went absolutely unbelievable. He just went crazy, tearing down altars, bales, idols. Man, he just started ripping it up. God, I pray you'd raise up people that'll rip up this world. 
rip up, turn the world upside down, tear down idols. God, I pray that fathers, mothers, anointing to be fathers, anointing to be mothers, anointing to run the race. Lord, I'm praying also when we pray for people that if they have any cells that are unwelcome in their body, cancerous, darkness, disease cells, God, I ask the anoint, I ask you to destroy those cells. I ask that people be strong, healed, well. We don't have time to be sick. We got to run the race with endurance. The race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross, suffered the shame. Lord, I pray, God, anoint your people with fresh oil. In the name of Jesus. But I want to pray first of all those that are watching and if you're here without Jesus, if you've never surrendered your life to him, this is a day of salvation. This is the hour that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call on his name. With the heart you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. With the mouth you confess. And if you do that, you call on him. Say, I'm a sinner. I need Jesus. I need salvation. Call on him and you'll be saved. Is that a good deal? That's a good plan, isn't it? That's the greatest message. The message of the cross. Jesus died on the cross and he rose from the dead. That we could have eternal life. So just call on him. Right now, if anybody, you're watching or you're in this room, you say, I don't know if I know Jesus, just let's all pray this out loud. But you pray it in your heart. Say, dear God, I need you. I believe in Jesus, that he is the son of God, that he died on the cross, and he rose from the dead. I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Cleanse me by the blood that you shed for me. I receive you, Jesus. I declare you are my Lord. You are my Lord. Away with all idols, all other gods. Jesus is my Lord. Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the fire of God to run the race and to accomplish your will. I yield to you. I yield to you. I yield this year to you. 2016, just say, I yield 2016 to you. And I'm open, Lord, I want to receive all you have. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.